Manus flat on the canvas. We are ready to rock and roll. Second round of action. There is a cut on Manus. Martial arts jack. My man B Hop got knocked up, dropped out the ring last night. I need a little judo baby. I need me a little judo baby. And uh, let's, let's do it, Ron. Let's see what they me. That shit got face for me, dude. That's got face for me. Martial arts chat. Hello, welcome to the Martial Arts Chat Podcast. The Roundtable is back and we'll be looking ahead to UFC 241, DC vs. Comey number 2. We'll be getting predictions from our panel as well, of course, answering your fan questions. Thanks to everybody that got in touch on Facebook and on Twitter as well. Before we look ahead, just first a quick shout out to the sponsors. A1 Fight Gear. A1 Fight Gear use the latest cutting-edge boxing gloves for professional and amateur fighters, gym enthusiasts and kickboxers, so local and national gyms in the UK. Do yourselves a favour, go check out A1FightGear.com. If you want to get in a shape, get back in a shape, just keep trimming the fat off, whatever your gimmick is, go to beastgear.co.uk, use the coupon code MARTIALARTSCHAT, and if you do that, you'll save 15% off your purchases for core sliders, straps, barbell pads, strength and conditioning programs, all at different levels to suit your needs, whether you're a beginner, or you're an expert, whatever man, beastgear.co.uk is where you need to beast your goals. We're also sponsored by Fuel Supreme, fuelsupreme.co.uk, offer CBD oil and natural nutrition, they will assist your progress in diet and lifestyle natural supplements and complementary services such as yoga, men coaching and weight cutting programs. And finally we're also sponsored by World of Martial Arts Television. Woman.TV produces finds, acquires, commissions and presents all you ever wanted to know about martial arts. And so to our panel here this evening, delighted to have him back on from MMA Fan Sighted and MMA Latest, it's Mr. Dave Noseworthy. Dave, how are you doing sir? I'm well sir, thank you so much for having me on again, I've been looking forward to this all weekend. Pleasure to have you back, my friend, and also returning Pompey's biggest fan. How did you do this weekend, Matthew? Did you um, did you bag some goals? Yeah, we got a couple of goals against Tranmere at home. Um, we had a really disappointing start to the season, so uh, it was good to get a win. Running ways and purely MMA's biggest boy over there as well. Go check those guys out. Finally, helping a brother out from the main event. Uh, and I don't know where Mick Tilly is. You know, shows me two weeks in a row, but we've got even better. The greatest thing at Lubbock, Texas, Mr. Kevin Jones. Kev, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm glad to be here. You know, I figure I, I probably come through for you when you need me to about as many times as I let you down. So, you know, <laughs> you know man. That's it. Well, guys, GFC 241, just round the corner. Uh, lots of great fights on the card. Three in particular I want to look at. The first, he's a favourite on our show, man. Don't forget Jesus. I love him, the soldier of God, Yul Romero. He gets the undefeated Paulo Costa. Should be a cracker man in the middleweight division. Could have huge implications in this title picture. Um, let's get some thoughts and predictions, if you please, gents. Uh, we'll start with Matthew on this one. Matthew, UL versus Costa. What are you thinking, mate? Well, I'm going to name it the Battle of the Steroids. Why not? <laughs> um, I don't have to say it to their faces, so why not? <laughs> uh, it's This could be a really heavy-hitting fight. Um, I think one of the main questions going into the weekend is if Romero is actually going to make the weight. Um, obviously the last time he missed, it was only by 0.2 of a pound. So he, he was close, but it's another year on, he's another year older. It, you know, it's going to get harder and harder Is it? It's not going to get any easier. So Paolo Costa, of course, can knock anybody out at any point. Uh, and he has done, he's knocked everybody out that he's faced pretty much. Um, so it would be wise for Romero to probably go back to his wrestling background and take this to the ground because, you know, it's it's going to be difficult for Romero to get any um, success on the feet 
with his hands. It's going to be difficult. Uh, I know he's got great striking power himself, but against Costa, it's not wise to go toe-to-toe with him with no, it. Definitely not. So, of course, Costa is a black belt himself in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but Olympic wrestling and jiu-jitsu you know, it is different. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if it does go to the ground, how that works out. Um, so a lot of questions going into the weekend and a lot of questions around this fight. I, I'm going to give uh, my prediction to Costa just because of that power. He can knock anybody out at any point. Um, so yeah, Costa knockout win for me. And that's my prediction. But uh, lots of questions going into the, the weekend around this fight for sure. Knockout, man. I mean, well, I mean, I think he's knocked out everybody in his UFC run, hasn't he? He's, I mean, the vault. I'm pretty, I'm, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've all been KOs. But then I think of the guys he's knocked out. We've got Johnny Hendricks. I'm sure you're Raya Hall's in there. I mean, this is going to be this will be his toughest test, and a soldier of God. Yeah, definitely, definitely his toughest test. Um, but with that power, I just don't think it matters. You, just with that power, if you connect, it's going to sure, rock aye. anybody. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see for sure. For sure, man. Kev, how about you? Your thoughts on this uh, middleweight bout? You know I've got to pick Yoel Romero, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, man, Paul Acosta, I forgot that guy was even around. I mean, hell, I think he's fought. He fought once last year. It's been a while, eh? Uh, yeah, it, you know, I mean, he has, he's knocked out. Every, his his knockout percentage is about as high as you will ever see in MMA. He's uh, got 11 knockouts in 12 fights. Won the other one by submission. Uh, he, uh, he, But he's never faced anybody on Yo, of Yoel Romero's caliber, man. This, I mean, we're talking about a world-class guy. Been in there with the best of the best of this division. Uh, his his fight IQ is a lot higher than anybody ever gives him credit for. I think, and you can see how he timed that knee whenever he uh, whenever he split uh, split Chris White. You know, and that and that uh, I think I think what I think we'll see in short is Joao Romero dominating for a couple rounds and then surviving down the stretch. He'll gas a little bit. He'll stay away from Paulo, uh, Paulo Costa's power. Uh, he's smart enough to do that. You know, he's not going to get in there and mix it up with him. If he sees a spot, he will look to uh, he will look to time it and exploit that weakness that that he sees. If he doesn't see it. Uh, he will, you know, lean on his wrestling to more than likely stay off the ground. I, I don't see him wanting to go to the ground. He, he uh, I mean, he showed a tendency to sit there and, and fight with people on his feet. And like I said, I mean, his ring IQ is, is way up there, and he has the uh, the power to turn out your lights at the just with one swing as well. You know, and, and that's I think I'm just really caught up in the in the uh, the layoff for Paula Costa. I don't know if Costa's had uh, injuries or why he's been out for so long, uh, but you know there there's something that was keeping him out, and uh, just being out that long doesn't bode well for, for a guy again. Who the best guy he's been in there with is uh, Uriah Hall. Johnny Hendricks was definitely faded and bouncing around weight classes before uh, before he, they got together. So, yeah, I mean, to me, soldier of God, you all remember, and I, I'm really not letting my fandom uh, creep in here, even though he is one of my favorite fighters. Uh, definitely could go the other way, but, uh, but as long as he avoids the big shots from, uh, from Costa, I think he can, he can frustrate him on his feet. And, uh, and uh, like I said, you know, depending on the pace of the fight, you all remember, as he's known to do, will fade down the stretch. We might need to spill a gallon of water in the, uh, the <laughs> corner. Yeah. Whatever we, got to, whatever we got to do, we're yeah. going to get it done. <laughs> Romero, Romero going to the finish line. Cash in on that one. 
Yeah, I mean, I love everything it brings, man. Like uh, Victor Vargas said the best, like it's a stereotypical dirty Cuban. You know, you've got all those tricks. Yeah, spilling the water. Is he, oh, did we drop the ice? Oh, we forgot the stool. Like, all that shit, man. Everything counts. And if you can bend the rules as much as you can to your favour and you're a, an amazing athlete and wrestler into the bargain, I love it, man. I, I think he's Ric Flair for me. He's the dirtiest player in the game. And I absolutely love it. Um, Dave Costa, uh, like we said, that's... No, oh, sorry, on you go, mate. He's so nonchalant about it too, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, also, you know, just plays the uh, the whole. Just shrugs his card. shoulders, then he's like, "What? what I didn't they? know you couldn't yeah. do that." Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love the attitude, man. But yeah, Dave, your thoughts, man. Biggest test his career, we said. Um, how's it going down for you, mate? My line of thinking is very much the same as Kevin's. I put a lot of stock in the fact that, I mean, Costa hasn't fought since July 2018. That's a really long layoff. And couple that with the fact that, and no disrespect to these guys, but his most notable wins, I guess it's arguably a toss-up between Uriah Hall and Johnny Hendricks. And I don't think Costa's fought anybody even in this the same wheelhouse of the level that UL Romero's at. And I think he's cerebral enough to not try to play the striking game, at least for too long. Perhaps he does toy, you know, sort of stand in there for a moment to sort of pick a shots. Cause he's got that bit explosiveness and that big power to turn your lights out as well. But I mean, cost is just such a, such a behemoth power puncher. I think he's smart enough to try to stay out of that uh, early. And, you know, uh, although he is known to sort of fade as time go, uh, as the as rounds go on, he'll do that. I just see him being smart enough to just not get into that mess in the first place. And if he can just get a hold of him, of, of Costa earlier and possibly hit him with a high amplitude, sta- um, a high amplitude slam or just, you know, grind on him early and get him tired early. I, I just visualize Yoel Romero getting a win on this one. And there is a thing you got to take into consideration. I wasn't thinking about it until now, until it was just mentioned that it is true. The weight thing, as he's, he's not getting any younger, and it's been an issue in the past. And so it is provided that he comes and makes weights with, with relative ease this, this week. But provided he can do that, uh, I just think he's you know going to be smart enough to not stand and strike at least early on with Costa. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, grind them out and get the decision win. Yeah, I think when we see the way in and, and what kind of conditioning and how close or if he is over, well, that'll give us a lot more clues to, to um, that gas tank and, and how he performs for sure, man. Let's move on to Coleman event because it sees the return of Nate Diaz. I never thought we'd see him back. Maybe unless actually Conor McGregor, the trilogy, because that's what he said. He wouldn't come back for that. Um, and I was speaking at the top of the show. I mean, he was matching Mass with that pulled out. Mass Poirier pulled out. So I expect a pull out here, but it looks like it's on, man. Diaz, Showtime Pettis, it should be some scrap. Um, let's see the thoughts of the panel. We'll start with Dave this time. Dave, Diaz, Pettis, who you got here, sir? Yeah, you're speaking of long layoffs. Nate Diaz hasn't fought since August 20th, 2016, oh, man, UFC that's, that's 202. Can you imagine? Anthony Pettis, Anthony Pettis has fought seven times since then Jesus. and gone four gone four and three with some wars in there okay. in between. He actually exchanged wins and losses. You know, he uh, he beat Oliveira, lost to Max, won against Jim Miller, lost to Poria. You know, been trading wins and losses, and now he's coming off that emphatic, ridiculous knockout win over oh, Stephen Thompson. Amazing. And, and when I think about Pettis' striking style, the super technical, sort of straight-down-the-pipe, sharp strikes versus Nate Diaz's sort of – I love his boxing style, but it's, and I don't want to say his punches are loopy, but they are sort of loopy. And they sort of – I find when you're the sort of striker like Pettis that goes straight down the pipe against a boxer like Diaz, 
uh, it lends itself to danger for Diaz in terms of just absorbing damage, which we know he can take. Uh, so I'm honestly, I'm at a loss. I'm sort of like making a game time decision here because coming into this, I really don't know. I, uh, I, although I think Pettis is amazing and coming off that win, his, his confidence is a sky high. He, I do think he was losing that fight up to Thompson until he wasn't losing it. And, uh, he's sort of hot and cold and he's been hot and cold a lot over his career. And I'm sure what to expect. Uh, so, I mean, assuming Nate has been keeping up his training, which I think you can safely assume he he's done, and, and he's had sort of long layoffs in the past and still shows up, I can sort of see uh, Diaz coming away with the decision in this one. Um, a lot of people have said that. I've seen that, like Diaz by decision. And um, clue me up. Does anyone know if this is a five-round or a three-round fight? I'm going to guess five rounds because it's co-main, but I don't, I don't know if I've got the... three, isn't it? I, I, I was assuming it was three, sorry. Same, no, I thought so as well. Um, and and that, that changes a lot for me if it is five um, for the, the for, for Pettis' uh, game plan. I think he looked to reserve, uh, be a bit uh, a bit shy with the flashy techniques because that you know that, that that's a big output of energy for for the, for the kind of the kind of shit that he throws and, and looks to knock knock you out. You know, he's not he's not. Um, setting you up with volume by any manner of means like which is what Diaz does as we all know but yeah the layoff man I mean three years is ridiculous isn't it I know the guy you know he does the, the triathlons and all the rest of it but um, it's not fighting it's not fighting it's that's not the same isn't it? Like, exactly man it's not it's not be, it's not being at the fight week it's not being weigh-ins it's not you know I know he's done it a million times but he's not done it in a long time and and I, I, you're right man I think that's going to go a long way it's going to go a long way for sure I just want to get this one last thing in. Obviously, you want to be as objective as possible, but it's a thing. I love both fighters, but I love Diaz so much. I think a part of me wants him to win, so maybe sort of why that's why I'm leading that way. But, <laughs> uh, play, but that's where I am with it, I guess. Uh, no, fair enough, man. Matthew, how about you? Pettis Diaz, what does a victory do for either man, actually, at Welterweight, and, and your thoughts on the fight, mate? I think UFC are probably hoping for a Nate win. Uh, I think everybody probably has their eyes on a trilogy fight with Connor and Nate. Um, everybody will be paid for it, including the UFC. The U- the the pay per view buy rate will be insane. So, from a business standpoint, UFC are probably hoping for a Nate win. Um, I really like how Pettis is in a new sort of mindset, especially since the Tony Ferguson fight. You know, he's now coming out and just saying, "Right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take damage, but they're going to take damage as well." You know, you really saw a new side of him, and I quite like that. Obviously, he lost that due to injury, but. Uh, yeah, I did love what Dave said about Nate's punches. I don't want to call them loopy, but they're loopy. And but they but they are, you know, it's kind of like he's never been known as like a huge knockout artist, but the volume of punches that Nate has just slowly chips away at you, does bits of damage here and there, often makes you bloody and he's bloody as well. Gonna be a great fight. Um prediction wise, it's difficult. I think Pettis' new mindset is going into it is going to be really telling if he can keep that mindset up with Nate because Nate isn't going to get knocked out. He's not. He'll get knocked down and he'll get hurt. But the Diaz brothers, they get back up. You know, um, should be a crazy fight. I'm I'm pretty sure it's going to be fight of the night. Um, Pettis, if he wins, it's just another huge name on his record and uh, maybe pushing him up quicker to a title fight, maybe. Um, but probably everybody involved are probably hoping for a Nate win uh, for the the trilogy of Connor, and uh, I think I think most people would be lying if you say you wouldn't be interested in seeing that. 
Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, that's that's the carrot that they're dangling in it, going into this for sure. Um, I, I want to see it, and you put it so well there, mate. If, if, you, if you're telling me that you're not, then you're exactly here. You ain't telling me the truth. Kev, your thoughts? Diaz, Pettis, and who you got, sir? I'm, I'm with my man. It's written in the stars. Diaz is going to win this deal. <laughs> uh, they got some problems up there in Milwaukee, dude. Rufus Sport, I mean, they're, they're on a downturn. Uh, they're, and, and like... Uh, like Dave said, man, I mean, it's uh, Pettis' career is up and down. It's up and down for a reason, man. They, they have issues up there in that city. And they're, uh, this is going to be another one, man. Uh, Nate Diaz, what he does, he makes you fight his fight. It's one, I mean, and, that, and that's 101, who's going to win. Yes. If, if, you can, if you can get the guy to, to engage in the type of affair that you want to uh, go with, then that's what he does. He does it with his volume. Uh, everybody always talks about you know, his chin and, and, and his volume punching. But dude's very talented on the ground. And I'm going to call it. I'm going to go out there on a limb. I'm going to say third round submission win for Nate Diaz because it's not written in the for him to win a unanimous decision. It's written in the stars for him to end this thing emphatically, jump on the mic, do what he does best, and call out Conor McGregor again, give Dana White some headaches along the way, and let's get this show on the <laughs> I mean, love it. It's, it, and it is, it is. It's the best for business. UFC has been struggling, man. Their numbers not, are not what they were. They don't have that big star right now. They need Conor to come back. And what better way to make him come back than a guy that he thinks he can beat? I mean, uh, and as far as the layoff goes, I mean, hell, we're talking about a guy that was, you know, sitting on a beach in Mexico eating kale sandwiches or whatever the hell the Diaz brothers' diets consist of, <laughs> and, uh, and, and drinking beers. Yeah. That's a good point. And yeah. he, that's a good point. And, and he and he came uh, he came off two weeks' notice and fucking whooped ass. Against a guy that was uh, as hot as you can possibly get in this sport. Yeah, yeah so, I would say if there's anybody, I swear, I mean, interrupt, but it's, I'd say if there's anybody that can do this sort of thing with layoff, it's like Nate, like Kevin's saying, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Bisping I mean, too, though. I put uh, Bisping in that category with um, Rockhold. He jumped oh, in, yeah. what, 10 days notice or something? <clears throat> it's and, and it's about the experience factor. I mean, the fact that yeah. he's just, uh, he's been doing this at a higher level than Anthony Pettis for longer. Uh, he's been in there with, uh, I mean, not, you can't really point and say Anthony Pettis ain't been in there with with his high caliber of guys, but I mean Nate Nate Diaz has been there for longer, and uh, and he's just that experience level, man. I mean, we're talking about a guy earlier with Paulo Costa, who's got twelve fights, you know, and uh, I don't know how long he's been fighting for, but but the experience, you know, he's been in the UFC for like four fights. I mean, Nate Nate Diaz has been in here as far back as I can remember. Yeah. I mean, what was he on like the, ult- the Ultimate Fighter season two or three or some shit? High, early doors high. It was early. So, yeah, man. I mean, and uh, Anthony Pettis, man. I mean, he had his little time to shine. And we, we see this a lot in these weight classes. Dudes get on top. And, and once, they're, once they they fall off that pedestal, man, they never really, uh, they never, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter as many many title fights as they want to give Frankie Edgar, man. It, it, he shouldn't be, you know what I mean? And I feel like the same way about, about Anthony Pettis, man. I mean, he's just, he's never going to be that Showtime guy that he was whenever he, uh, whenever he came out and w- whenever he took the title from Benson Henderson. Uh, at that time's passed. Nate Diaz is in here. His time, his time is still now, man, if, if he chooses to keep fighting. So I'm excited to see him back in the ring. You know, at first glance, you got to look at this fight, man. I say, oh, shit, I really don't care who wins this damn fight. I mean, you know, but, uh, but no, man, Nate Diaz all the way. Let's get that trilogy happening. It should have happened. Right after the first, and I mean, a lot of people out there. I did score the fight for Conor McGregor in their second fight, but but there are people out there who who could have justified a score for Nate Diaz as well. And uh, so so you know, I'm I'm ready to see five more rounds of that. 
Well said, mate. Guys, main event, heavyweight title. Uh, Ari watched that first fight again last night. Steepy was controlling the fight, I thought, um, and got caught. And then, of course, it was teased that it was going to be Rock Lesnar and all that who had. I guess he couldn't pass the USADA test. So a year later, we got the rematch in it. But, um, I mean, there's no reason why he can't get caught again. Don't get me wrong. But um, I, I still fancy Miocic's chances in, in, in this one. Um, we'll see how it goes down, obviously. But let's see how the panel starts. We'll start with Kev this time. Kev, I know how much you love DC, but give me your thoughts, man. Is it and still or I new for you? I really want to pick Steve A. Miocic in this fight. <laughs> really to. Uh, but I can't for the reasons you just illustrated. He, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I, I felt like he got in there and caught Verdun when he won the title. But Verdun was controlling that fight, and, and he got caught. Uh, and, and you know, like you said, Steve, kind of did the same deal. And we d- the fight was so short. It's it's hard to uh, it's hard to kind of visualize this fight thinking about the last one. So you got to kind of think of it in a new way. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do think of it in that new way, it comes out the same old result. And Daniel Cormier is too good in too many different areas. To uh, to allow this fight to uh, to not go his way, it was long enough. I mean, there, there's always a chance he's going to get caught, and that that chance dwindles as the fight goes on. Uh, but he, he's very smart. He keeps his shoulders very high when he walks in. Uh, it, he makes it up on the inside with him, where you know what he doesn't want to be is right in that sweet spot range. But uh, you know, the, the threat of the takedown is is enough to either make him back up. Or make him hesitate enough for DC to get inside. I think. Yeah. And uh, D- DC's not opposed to uh, to banging it out with these guys. He's smart in the way he goes about it. He can take a shot. And we've seen that. I mean, we're talking about a guy that went five rounds with John Jones, so he can take he he can take his licking. And yeah, you just I really just in my mind cannot see this going any other way, man. And and anytime I I think about these uh, these big fights and Steve Miocic. I can't ever uh, let go of the fact that, that this is a guy that lost to Stefan Struve, you know, and uh, he did look great. Maybe, but maybe he did look great while he was champ, but maybe he just kind of fit in the right spot, you know, uh, which I think happens a lot of times in the in, in the heavyweight division. So we'll, we'll see, man. I mean, maybe he can go down to uh, you know when he does lose the DC, maybe uh, maybe he can go. To, maybe he can talk to DC and have DC talk to Kane, and he can go down to Mexico and start wrestling Lucha Libre. <laughs> Put on the Patriot. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Put on that mask. Man, Stefan Struve, that was a oh, blast one, in the past. I remember that fight well. Oh, yeah. Uh, one more thing. I, I think I got to throw out that uh, that my man Mike mentioned on our show this morning. Go on. It's the, it's the Modelo curse, man. I don't know if y'all get the Modelo commercials over oh, there. Oh, yeah, the we get them. Yeah, yeah. Nice but, beer. yes, uh, this is the... This is the oh yeah, it's a great beer. We used to buy it for uh, four dollars a pitcher down in Ciudad Acuna, south of Del Rio, Texas. <laughs> and... Uh, the uh, but it's the curse of the Mo- it's the Modelo curse, man. If you, if you look at the guys they brought on and what they're doing now, Cain Velasquez, Brian Ortega loses his title. <laughs> Steve Amiosic lost his title, you know, and uh, now now they're showing uh, the guy down at the supermarket stocking mangoes. He's a hero of the people. So who's next? So who do then? I guess he's the next one to fall. Hopefully. Oh, they brought <clears> him on. Bad idea. Mr. Cringe. Uh, Dave, how about you? DC retains or Rio Miocic regains the belt? When the, and you mentioned you watched their first night fight there yesterday, and uh, I actually recently watched it as well. And it's, yeah, like, I mean, up until he wasn't winning, Stipe, he was, winning, Stipe right? was doing yeah, really man. well. And, and the thing is, I always viewed that fight as a situation where I don't think Stipe counted on 
Cormier standing there striking with him. Not to say that I've actually always been a fan of like Cormier striking. Like it's, a, I don't want to say it's underrated. It's just that it's, there's so much emphasis and focus put on his wrestling. But he's got like a full extension on all of his punches. He, he's got and he's got good power. But I just always sort of viewed it that I don't think Stipe was expecting that uh, sort of fight from Cormier in the first one. And I always did sort of feel like Cormier was able to pull that off, large in part because of that. But uh, you know, coming into this, like I mean. I just sort of view again. I can't help. I, I, I've thought about it long, and I've been going back and forth a bit. But I just think that Cormier is too smart to to let uh, to lose this Uh I think that he's just going to play the wrestling game coming in here strong uh, this second time around. Uh, I mean, I mean, I could be wrong, but I just sort of feel like he's not going to take as many risks uh, in the striking department to, to land that big shot. Because although he's really successful the first time, we've seen. DC get wobbled in the past. If I'm not mistaken, did Derek Lewis not wobble him at least for a moment at one point hey, in their fight? Did he? I, I Maybe, did, I don't Maybe I'm imagining that. I'll have to go back yeah. to the tape. We, we know Anthony Johnson. He most certainly did. He's you know, <coughs> sent him flying yes. to the canvas. Yeah. That, that was unbelievable. But, but again, I mean, credit to Cormier. Like, I don't think he ever wavered his eyes. He always seemed to be still there, even though he went down. So I guess the point I'm making is he's he's absolutely uh capable of absorbing a shot from stipe and stipe's got that big power uh but i uh when i think about it stylistically i just think that D- i see dc going in with a, a different game plan this time around just to maybe not even go into that this don't even take the risk of striking with stipe just because you know stipe's got that gigantic power especially early on so um so yeah no it, again it's been back and forth and to be honest when i first came on here i sort of thought i'd be leaning towards stipe by the time it was all said and done but the more i think about it all i see is cormier going on on route to a to a decision win or maybe a fourth and fifth round stoppage uh by submission but uh I, and I, I don't i'm not necessarily expecting the most exciting fight in the world again i hope i'm wrong but just based off how the first fight went and how i always sort of thought that i don't want to say that Cormier got away with that or got lucky with that knockout, but I always just sort of felt that, you know, that's not what Stipe was expecting, and uh, Cormier was able to capitalize and take advantage and get that win, and I don't think he's going to play that a game again, and I think he's just going to be wrestling focused, wrestling heavy, and uh, and get either a decision win or fourth and fifth round, fourth or fifth round uh, submission or stoppage. Fair play, man. Finally, Matthew, how about you? Who walks away the baddest man on the planet in this one? I think it will be uh, DC again. Um, and I just want to shout out Kev. It's lovely to hear you say such lovely things about DC for a change. Um, but, but, you know, it's he is so good everywhere, DC. Um, and I think last year going into the fight, his coaches said for the whole build-up, said, look, honestly, DC is knocking out all his training partners. The power he has at heavyweight is unreal. You're going to see a, just a such more powerful DC at heavyweight. And, you know, I don't know why we doubted him before. He's unbeaten at heavyweight in his career. And Dave was right. The, the, the knockout punch from the first fight, it was a bit lucky. It wasn't like a huge, powerful strike. It was quite a closed-in, close-range strike. But it was just so sweet, and it just obviously hit the right the right button to sort of knock Stipe down. Um, but sort of DC gave it away after the fight. He said, you know, I, oh, we, we all saw this from Stipe. We saw it all in the tapes. We knew he was going to come out with his hands low. Um, so you'd think Stipe isn't going to do that again because DC does have the strength to equal Stipe in the clinch. So 
it's difficult to say that Stipe wants to go there again. And in the first fight, as it's already been said, Stipe was probably winning the fight when they were just striking one-on-one, um, even though DC was doing okay. So going into this fight, it's going to be interesting to see who takes that approach. Are they going to keep it the same or are they going to switch it up a little bit? Knowing DC, he'll be ready for everything. Um, you know, so... I, I got to add something. Uh, I'm switching my pick, man. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to have to go first and everybody else was going to pick DC. And uh, I, 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 thought I, sh- I thought I should switch my pick. And now I'm thinking about it harder. This is the deal. Daniel Cormier, one foot out the door already, talking about retirement. It hasn't gone well for a lot of other people. Steve Amiosic, second round TKO. <laughs> I knew he couldn't. I, I, I jinxed it. You yeah. know what? On second thought, I'd like to change my pick. <laughs> That is brilliant, man. Well, guys, it's fine for the final part of the show, and it's my favourite answering fan questions. I'll remind the panel of the one rule we have. Don't wait your turn. The floor is yours. Um, We'll start with Facebook. And my man Kevin Jones is sending a question, so we'll go straight to it. Uh, And he asks, will DC keep his word and retire after the fight? What will his legacy be if he does? And will the John Jones cloud always overshadow him? I'll jump in first, and since my own question, (laughs) I... (laughs) Uh, I want to say one more nice thing about DC uh, because because I, I know my buddy appreciates that uh, best analyst in the game. He has that new uh, new show that he's doing on ESPN Plus. Man, his breakdowns are sick, man. So so I don't think we can under uh, <laughs> you know underrate his his preparation plan and what he might see in this deal. But uh, I don't know, man. What my kind of where I'm going with this, guys, is is what about the John Jones clout? You know, and and hell, I, my answer to it to my own question is: uh, I already told you that he's going to lose, so you know he, he, that that's going to that that's going to affect his legacy. But but I'll pass it to y'all, man. John Jones hanging over this guy, never never go away. Yeah, I I, I think uh, DC probably has one eye on that big payday because he 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 wanted Brock he after did. the last yeah. fight, he didn't get it. So I you know I think he wants that like million dollar payday one more time. Uh, I don't think they'll pay him that for a Stipe rematch. They'll, he'll probably get a decent amount of money, maybe half a mil, but he won't get that huge final payday that he's really craving. So I think the John Jones trilogy fight for him is almost, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter. If he loses again, he can turn around and say, well, you know, he, he has my number. He's just that guy who I'll never beat. Fair enough. But then if he does beat Jones, then he can turn around and say, I've finally done it. I've beaten you once. I can go. So it's a win-win for him. And he'll I, get paid, you know, multi-millions I, for it. I don't know. Though. I don't know if y'all read what John Jones had said earlier this week, but he oh, said, uh, he said that, you know, the, the, Daniel Cormier is, uh, uh, he doesn't want to go through that again. He doesn't want to go through the emotional, the emotional preparation for that failure and the emotional repercussions of losing to John Jones again. And I think he has a good point. I don't think he, I don't think he, he wants to even take a chance losing that guy again i don't i mean we, we, we've seen him wear his heart on his sleeve uh before during and after on the on these yeah, especially after man there was every meme in the world after that right when he was crying in the in the cage per bugger not enough for me <laughs> the, fact, the fact that he lo- he's lost twice if he does it one more time he could just turn around and say well it's not like a massive shock surely or or does yeah, he not say to play devil's advocate well that's now two and one you know what I mean? Although that one was a no contest when it didn't he? What was he? Pico grammed out his nut on that fight. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're splitting picograms there. Yeah, I suppose. I, 
I sort of think it depends on how this neck, how this fight goes with Stipe like, and how it finishes. Um, if, I don't know if he comes out with an like, emphatic, really impressive win. I see him going. I see him trying to angle for that Jones fight. Like I said, I think the payday has a lot to do with it. Um, I don't know. I could, I could sort of picture. I don't. I'm not necessarily sure how interested I am in seeing it. But I guess again, it depends on how he looks on Saturday. But uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think this will be the last we see of him for sure. I just don't see him getting down to light heavyweight anymore. John Jones' motivation, no. and otherwise, I mean, that's got to be a real struggle now, right? Honestly, man, you know, I want to play devil's advocate and looking at this guy's legacy. I think, uh, you know, if he would have stayed at heavyweight, his career could have been much, much different. Uh, I mean, not to say he didn't have a great career, but, but you know, the fact of the matter is he ran into he ran into the wrong guy at the wrong area. Sure, but then, but then by being in bed with Jones, you know, at light heavyweight, I probably raised his profile and I lose an effort, no? Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I just, I really got to gotta root against the guy, man. <laughs> I really want to see the worst fight. Best analyst in the game. Uh, God, you know. There's the backhand compliment again. Best I, I hope he sticks around for, you know, three more years and fucks up his record. That's that's what I'm hoping. Let's stick around too Well, let's move on. But when you when you answer this one, guys, please by all means take your time because uh, the host here needs to go and grab a beer, and the kitchen is all the way over there. But I'll ask it first. It's G from the MMA Shower. Is Colby Covington too far with his trash talk, or is it business as usual? Got to move the needle. Got himself fights. I mean that the. it's definitely uh, a lot of it's scripted. You can you can see how he has things planned out. Kind of stumbles over them. He's not he's not great at talking trash. He just does a whole lot. He's very crude with the way he does it. I mean, how I for one enjoys a little Instagram post where uh, where you know he has uh, adult models and uh, adult actresses hanging out with him at pools in Vegas. It yeah, it, that's exactly it. I mean, he. He knows what he's doing. I don't think. I think a lot of people just buy into it, like it's his genuine feelings. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. I think he's got a very underrated mind for how the business works. He is getting fights for it, and people are paying to see and hope that he gets knocked out. He he knows what he's doing, and he's doing it well. Like he's the most hated guy probably on the roster, and you know they're going to put him in fights. It's just as simple as that. And I mean, I think there's. You know, when you when you're a great fighter like Colby Covington is, I mean, we talk more about this than we talk about uh, what he actually does. Okay, and uh, the the uh, the deal is, it's good to get under some guy's skin, and some guys you don't want to piss them off. But when you got the skills that he has inside of the inside of those uh, of, of the chain link fence, then, then uh, why not do it? I mean, if it, it could possibly provide you a middle edge, it's going to boost your uh, your your. I mean, I don't know if you call it purchasing power, but I mean, it's, it's selling power. You know, he, he's banking on people loving to hate him. He's attaching himself to Trump. So, you know, he's going to have half the country rooting against him. And, uh, and and here we go, you know? Yeah, that's the problem with personas in MMA. Like his, like, his whole shtick and gimmick is just so loud, it completely overshadows his skill set as a fighter. People don't even really realize or take into account that he's – one of the greatest welterweights in the game right now. He's incredible, his skill set. But a lot of people have a hard time separating the two. And, like, his, again, that persona just completely overshadows his skill set as a mixed martial artist. So I sometimes wonder in that regard, man, are you doing yourself any favors? Because you are an amazing fighter. And I, I don't, 
I don't know. If, I mean, I'm, no doubt somebody has said that over the past couple of years, but I sure as hell haven't heard it. And uh, it doesn't get talked about because of this persona. But is it going too far? I mean, it's a conscious effort. There's no question about it. Uh, it's just a matter of who's in on the joke and who's not and who realizes that's the case and who doesn't. Uh, I've sort of on my like episodes I do with MMA latest weekly talked at length of this uh, over the last couple of years to the point to where I'm rolling my eyes on myself. But like I accept the whole gimmick pro wrestling stuff as a part of the sport. I don't particularly love it. I, I, I've just come to accept it. So I don't personally like it. But is it going too far? Nah. I mean he's picking the most sort of obvious choice to get a the, the most – you know, the biggest reaction and it's working like a charm. So really, I mean, say what you will about him, but it's getting the desired result. And so uh, as far as, you know, his execution, it's killer. The, the guy's got skills is, as well. Sorry, jumping guys. I was listening to what you're saying. Like the guy really, had, you're right, man. He, he has so much skill. I was watching that fight um, and we were hitting each other up in the group chat and whatever. Like I was sold, man. I, I was still of the, I, <laughs> I still couldn't get past the shtick, if you want to call it that, uh, even going into that fight. And then I, I was like, he's mixing everything up so well. And this is to Robbie Lawler. Like Robbie didn't have an answer. And the commentary team were doing what a lot of the people that were rooting for Lawler were doing where, well, just you wait, wait till you see a big shot's coming and, and, oh, yeah. and nothing <laughs> fucking nothing came man he just pieced them up i honestly think all the like the attention and hate he gets i thought i really felt this after all if i i feel like it's fueling him and making him more motivated to, to be better yeah. because he's his last few fights he's his performances his impo- performances have been improving and they've all been fantastic so i think it's fueling him and this is the deal too with the with the with the whole personas things is a lot of the stuff he's the Mixed martial art inherently uh, attracts a certain type of individual, and there's a lot of honor and respect that that uh, that goes into it that you see mostly. Uh, we're getting money interjected in the thing now, and and the fact that it came on the heels of boxing, and and boxing people that act like this, they're general. I mean, I would say 99% of them, they generally earn the the hate that they get. They're really like this in real life, and and uh, you're seeing it more and more in MMA. It's it's the guys that. You know, have enough per- have a, have a little personality, but but good guys not gonna sell. Bad guy sells. Oh, for sure, man. Look at um, Ben Askren. I mean, I know that gamble didn't pay off, but um, oh, that guy's a genuine asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real? Do you not think he's just turning oh, the volume yeah. up? No, dude. No, I I, I, for, I know for a fact. I mean, that that guy is a genuine prick. Go on. Would you know? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what you know. No, nah, man. I mean, it's it, it's it's just well documented, man. The guy's the guy's a typical meathead, uh, and he does dirty shit in fights, man. I mean, I uh, I I had an instance where I I uh, I wouldn't say I called him out. I'm not even sure how he got involved in the thread, but we were talking about a fight on Twitter that happened uh, when he was fighting o- over in Asia, and it was against Luis Sapo Santos. Sapo Santos almost hit him with about three soccer kicks in a row, and, and was and was doing very well against Ben Askren in the first round. I mean, Ben Askren intentionally eye-poked him twice. I've, I watched the fight several times, and all I mentioned was I thought the eye-pokes were intentional. Here comes Ben Askren out of nowhere talking shit, and I say, hey, man, I've tried to be respectful, but, you know, that's what I think. That's just one man's opinion, you know, and, uh, and he followed it up with something else. So maybe I got a little uh, a little personal issue with him. It's like, it's like my little five seconds <laughs> of fame history. with Ben Askren. But no, nah, man, I mean, uh, that, that, that guy, there's a reason that uh, – that, that Dana White had it out for him so long, man. That the the guy is uh the the guy's a jock, man. I mean, he's 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 full of himself, 
And uh, he was sitting way too high on his little horse and got knocked off. So I'm not missing any chances to sting Ben Astro. <laughs> you know, I'd like, like to just insert this, like this thing about like the whole persona and shtick in MMA. Like it's, you know, a risk reward thing because when he came to the UFC and sort of, again, don't want to say he lucked out because uh, controversial or not. He earned a victory against Lawler, but I did sort of feel like he dodged a bullet in that one because no it easily could have been stopped. And that, uh, and you know, he was like, you know, the hottest thing in MMA for a period there. He was on Helwani's show pretty much every single week. His interviews were, you know, getting big traffic and were yeah, Wani loves you know, that compelling, shit. compelling enough. And now, I mean, credit to him, he got that, you know, that insane whatever the hell it was that Masvidal did I still can't believe what happened there but you know and he handled it well as well as you, you can but you know he was on Helwani's show there I think it was last week you know and and I, I came away from that interview going wow it's like you know those interviews just don't have the same impact anymore does it you know what I mean the yeah. of the, you know that personality that sort of thing because when you sort of put that out there and then it, it just doesn't work when you're losing especially when you lose like that so I mean, that's where he stands now. What's going to happen if he loses his next fight? The, uh, oh, he'll be the stock the goes, the stock goes down even more, right? And his his interviews are that much less interesting and that much less compelling. His yeah. next fight, his next, his next meant to be against uh, Damian Damien Maia. Maia I, I want to see October. it, but there's no knockout happening there. Right? No, there's honest. no knockout happening there. And Sub, I think though, that's very much. Could be. Yeah, it's very much his kind of fight. There is he can go into it and not have to worry about getting sensationally knocked out. He can go in and just. Do what he does best, yeah. and if he loses that, then you would he. Well, he'd probably handle it very well. You know, I find I found his uh, reaction to the Masvidal loss quite funny. Actually, I found it quite amusing. But sure. it's not. It's amusing in the way of, well, he's kind of almost self accepting that he was good enough, and it was a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit sad, really. But it was funny. Fair play, man. Let's yeah, move on. Yeah. No, no, sorry, mate. On you go. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, good. Derek Bo uh, is asking about Frank Edgar's move to bantamweight. He's asking, is it too late, or does he have something left in the tank to make a real run at that division? Yeah, I think Frankie's just desperate for this. Um, you know, finish his legacy as a two-way champion. He's already got a legacy, man. In my eyes, he's 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 a legend. But um, this move to bantamweight, do you think he can think he can do the business? I don't. UFC has a hard on for giving Frankie Edgar championship fights. Uh, I don't think he's. I mean, you're right, Faber, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, he's from he's from New York. I mean, they they they're kind of they. they for, people love Frankie Edgar. You just said it yourself. Love man. him, people man. gush. Yeah. Love yeah. Him. Man, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I think this is a terrible move for Frankie Edgar. I, I don't know how old the guy is, man. But but I mean, I've said it before, man. I, I say it all the time. This is just not the way that. Uh, that it works. I don't yeah. know if it's human uh, physiology. I'm, I'm not good with my, my words when it comes to scientific talk, but I mean, you don't get older and fucking need to lose weight until you're really fucking old. You know, you, you gain weight as you get older until you get really old. Then you lose a lot of weight and you fucking die. <laughs> so <Jesus> why, <laughs> why do all these guys think the answer is I need to go down and wait? Well, he needs to go down and wait. Because he can't beat anybody at the top at featherweight, just like he couldn't beat anybody at the top at lightweight. So he's going to go down there and take his chances. If he wins a fight, they'll give him a title shot. I mean, you know, did, did he not come off a of, like, I want to say the guy was coming off a loss when he dropped down and he couldn't have possibly been coming off a loss. But I mean, when he drops down, they just, you know, it's one fight and they're going to give him a title fight. I mean, he has lost five title fights in a row. The guys that he beat, he beat them all twice. Those are his defenses. Greg Maynard. BJ Penn's old ass. 
And, and then Benson, <laughs> Henderson, Benson Henderson smokes him twice, and we've seen what happened to Benson Henderson after. Let's get off the Frankie uh, Edgar train. I'm not talking about no. want to stick around and, and hang around in the top 10, then that's cool. But we're not going to continue to give you title fights just because you decide to, to drop down in weight, man. I mean, they just want Frankie Edgar to start stringing together wins. You know, Frankie Edgar is going to sell. They just they don't want him to, you know, do like some of these other guys do and lose fucking six, seven fights in a row and then and then call it quits and come or come back every couple of years. They're trying to make some money off of Frankie Edgar right now. You're not a fan of the answer, though. Like his fighting style, those fights with Maynard's man no. never was. And I, sh- I should be. I should be. Out of all people, man. You know, short guy, yeah, like man. the boxing but style. Rocky. I sh- Maybe it's the Yankee thing, dude. I, I don't, I don't I know. I think that's what it is. I'm, uh, I'm feeling it in spades. <laughs> I think it's because everybody else likes him, John. Right, Blake. right. I hear you. I get that as well. It's like, it's like you know, it's like DC. Man. Mm. And when everybody likes somebody, I... I got. I got to go the other way, man. I'm a rebel. What can I say? I hear you. He's, he's been in the. He's been in the UFC since the start of 2007. I almost think Dana kind of just not feels sorry for him, but because Frankie's been there so long and he's he's done everything and he's been there for Dana when he's needed it and sort of Edgar's done everything when he's asked to. I think Dana kind of just feels, oh yeah, okay, we'll we'll, we'll give you what you want. But you'd uh, think they were from the same neighborhood and grew up together. He's been like that with him forever. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I just, I, I just think, I think, I think the name for UFC, like pure UFC fans, the name will still draw a couple of, you know, pay per view buyers and stuff. But on a, on a big, on the bigger picture, I, I, I think Edgar's probably done now. And I, I think this is just one last. I, I thought the Holloway fight was his one last desperate attempt at getting that, you know, two title sort of name. But now it's getting. Ugh, it's, it's really just put him in with BJ Penn, man. That guy loves getting smacked about these <laughs> days. So fucking BJ Penn, Frank Edgar, nine or whatever we're on now. Just put make that happen. <laughs> just, just I'll sum it up in one sentence, man. The answer is, and at the same time, is not going down to to, to making weight. You know that, that it's not going to work out. Yeah, yeah it's not uh, the weight class changing thing is not the answer to everybody's problems. Like it's sort of made out to be a lot of the time. I find. Uh, I mean, whether it's going up or down, depending on the situation. Normally, in this situation, that the the moving down to 135, that was always in Edgar's back pocket if things didn't work out at 45, and I think he knew that. And I think you guys are all right in that. I think he's just one of Dana's guys. He's been around for so long, for so many big moments in a different era of this sport. I don't want to say Dana feels indebted to him, but he just sort of has that relationship to which if he can position himself uh, you know he's gonna give him any every opportunity, any and oppor- every any and every opportunity he can. But uh, it's just one of these things where he, you know he's getting older. You drop down. I mean, he had the speed advantage in fifty five and forty five. But when he goes down to thirty five, he, you know, is that going to be well, the case? Is, is he or is he going to be on the slower end of the bantamweights? Because yeah, maybe he's not so outsized, but now he's. Probably, yeah, the, you're probably I, I don't right, know what I suggest for sure he's on the slower end of things, but, but he's pushing 40 though, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, very real possibility. And you know, age in the lighter weight fighters is not the same as you know, being a heavyweight, it's a completely different animal. Holy man, I mean, uh, yes, I know with the, with the weight cut, making changes is going to help. Making change, it's kind of what Kev was saying, like, um, weight cut can be the answer, but moving in the right direction. And you're right, I don't, I don't think moving down is the wrong direction, moving up. Although there are exceptions to the rule, man. Look at uh, Gregor Masasi. Like, I'm moving down to middleweight. I mean, I don't get why the UFC cut him. That's a lie. I know why the UFC cut him, because he beat Chris Weidman. But, like him, he's hey. looked better than ever at middleweight. Another New York guy. There you go. Right? 
another Yankee kid. That's it. I just want to tell you, I was never. I was. I just want to tell you that I was never high on Chris Weidman at all, ever. But anyway, the Anderson man, though, beat him twice. I know that was a leg break and all, but I was there. I was there the first fight. It was really shocking. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was a phenomenal fight. Derek also, Derek Bow, my man, also followed up with, um, who is at fault in the Chris Cyborg versus Dana White saga? One, the other, or both? I mean, Chris, Chris Cyborg has never done herself any favors, ever. And uh, I don't know if we can say anybody's to blame. I mean, it is what it is. You know, they, they brought her in there without a division four, and uh, she, she continues to butt heads. The, it's you know it, I, a lot of times, man. I can see why why fans might get riled up at the man, you know, at the at the at the big promotion, the big bad Dana White, you know, and and him being able to pull all the strings. But that's you know, that, and that's not really the case in this deal, man. And and you know, in those those arguments, I always tend to take the side of of business. Uh, but there is a she's a headache, man, and and I don't think. That it was it was good for business keeping her around. I don't think she's that big of a commodity as uh, as fans perceive her to be. She's not Ronda Rousey, but she sells. No, the numbers do not back up this argument, man. She is such a fucking headache for the promotion. And again, let's think about Ronda Rousey. Since you pointed out, she's eating chicken wings with the boss after her fight. You know, (laughs) yeah. yeah. uh, What Cyborg do after her fight? Rolls up in his face talking shit to the boss, man. Yeah, I've always heard. You just, you just, I mean, when when they tell you, when your boss is telling you to jump through a hoop, where's the hoop at? Light it on fire and and let's get it on. You know what I mean? Not talking shit the whole time. It don't matter what the fuck he said ten years ago. Hell, it don't matter what he said yesterday. He's in charge. He's your boss. So so let's get along with him, or or not. And she chose not to. And uh, now she can go uh, get along with Scott Coker, which I mean, and we're still going to get to see her fight. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's what's going to happen, if I'm honest. And I think that's what should happen. That's better for Chris Cyborg that she sees at her final years with a, with a, that's his girl, isn't it? Chris Cyborg. So he will do better things with her. I think he'll promote her better, he'll match her better, and he'll probably exactly. pay her better as well, right? I've always heard that Cyborg is hard to deal with. Like, she seems, I hear also that she's like one of the nicest people on the face of the planet and that sort of thing. But, uh, and you know what? She's in a bit of a unique situation just given everything, whether it's her fault or not in terms of fans' perception on her and what she's likely had to deal with over the years. Um, But I've always heard that she's been really difficult to deal with. And you're right. The thing is, like, everybody, and by all means, like I, I always have to preface this with saying, I believe fighters underpaid. They should definitely be getting paid more money. There's a, without question. But the thing is, the you know the UFC and the promotion side. It's not that it's underrepresented in MMA media. It's not represented in MMA media. Period. So it's like their side of things never gets told. It used to back in the day when Dana used to do the uh, scrums. But I think that's what got them into a lot of trouble as well. So we're only ever hearing one side of it. And I don't know. I definitely put. Uh, you get, it's hard to know with it, you know, not knowing exactly what's going on because we weren't there. But I feel like there's plenty of blame to go around, and uh, it's Cyborg and her team are um, highly responsible for this sort of thing as well. Yeah, and and just just to be petty like that, let's point at the fact that you know she stole her nickname from her ex husband, and he didn't want to hang around her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got MVPs, right? So he, did, no, he, did, he yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like, all right, I'm gonna call it a career. I'm out. 
He got that Pokemon ball carved into his head Jesus, and shit. Man. Talk about flying knees. We've got uh, Mike Perry's to get in later on. But last one from Facebook before we move on to Twitter and wrap up. Michael Mason. Don't know if you do boxing chat, but what's up with AJ getting that dirty Saudi oil money, leaving Ruiz nine million short, I heard. Uh, no, Ruiz wants uh, nine million. Uh, he, he wants more than the nine million that he has promised for the rematch to go to Saudi Arabia because there's a lot of fucking more money in a fight in Saudi Arabia. So what's the pay? Um, what's the pay? What they what they saying to it? What's the uh, Man, nobody knows. I mean, uh-huh. it's Saudi Arabia, brother. They don't got to report shit. That's true. And uh, and you know, they, it could be they could be a hundred million dollars in this thing. That that wouldn't that would not be out of the ordinary for uh, for whatever they call them sheiks or uh, you know the sultan over there. But th- these guys got more money than God, and he basically has uh, decided that you know he wants to be a player in this game. He knows somebody knows Eddie Herner has got in touch with him, and uh, uh, we- we'll see if it happens, dude. I mean, at all places, Riyadh. I mean, and and that and you know I don't ever miss a chance, John Boy, to point out that the UFC, since this is an MMA show, UFC is in bed with Abu Dhabi. Uh, they commit atrocities, probably not as bad as what they're doing in, in Saudi Arabia, which that's that's a that's some political talk for another day. They're cool with that <laughs> shit, I guess. But the most of most of the Western world where we consume this product is not cool with it. Uh, if you buy the pay-per-view, you will be giving money to Saudi Arabia's government. Uh, they're uh, getting in this deal to, uh, you know, I don't know if they're getting into a break even again. N- no one discloses the numbers over there, but it, it's it's uh, it was definitely off the radar out of the blue that this uh this thing might be landing in saudi arabia uh but don't count on andrew ruiz who was talking about mexico city or los angeles uh to and he said i don't want to go to the uk reason he doesn't want to go to the uk has nothing to do with money it has nothing to do with judges because this fight's not going the distance it what it has (laughs) to do with is the regulation on the fucking thing and he does not want to get in there with a anthony joshua that has any type of uh of of advantage and whether that's peds or not man i mean that's that's what he's saying oh is that how it goes down so like in in the uk we just saw dylan white yeah Yeah. and you know uh dylan white fails a drug test the week of and is allowed to fight that day is cleared by uh whatever commissions over there and and it's it's just very getting into bed with a guy like (laughs) eddie hearn and going to saudi arabia might be a worse off deal if those are your concerns, then going to the UK. Uh, so, I was just going to so, say, I was like, Haha, well, you know, I mean, yeah, you're leaving yourself pretty open over there. You're like, uh, you're right. That's a good point. I never thought about that before about the UK, but it's like, man, can you imagine like what's going on behind closed doors over there to make that happen? It's, but isn't the UFC going to Saudi Arabia? Isn't that where Khabib's fighting, right? Oh, yeah. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Second oh, Dhabi. time. They'll be fighting. They'll be all be there. For the first time in 2010. Dhabi. They own ten percent. It's Flash Entertainment. They own ten percent of the the company. Right. You spend a dollar with them, they're getting ten cents. Uh, <laughs> He's got the numbers. If you notice, you notice whenever uh, whenever they mention Abu Dhabi, they talk about it like it's a different fucking sport. They don't do that with any other venues, any other locations, any other cities. They don't say they don't talk about it like, oh well, he beat that guy in Abu Dhabi. They'll say Joe Rogan says that habitually. On, on fucking telecast. If there was the past fights over there, they mentioned it. And I was thinking for a second, when I first started hearing it, I was thinking, hell, man, he, you know, if I didn't know any better, I would think it was some kind of grappling sport that, you know, oh, well, hell, he did beat him in Abu Dhabi. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, it's, it's it's not talked about at all, man. Back in the day when this shit happened, even years after it, 
You bring that shit up, man. They they were jerking people out of uh, the the press conferences. Is what I heard. Nobody nobody talks with, to Dana White about this shit. It's a and it's an old story now, but it but it goes on every day. It's a pretty poor card actually. What they're putting on Harry Davy. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I think it? it's it's pretty much the main event and maybe the co is like really worth watching. The rest of really low sort of level fights. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way at all, but it's not exactly a, a pay-per-view worthy card, but because it's Abu Dhabi and it's going to be, was it 30,000, 40,000 arena? They're treating it like it's a big deal on that one fight, pretty much that main event. And that's, that, that's probably why you guys aren't like massively aware of the other fights. Cause you've, they've only ever talked about one. <laughs> that's the new business model, baby. Well, let's fuck the round table episode for that show then. Hold on. I'm having a look at the card just now. We've got Edson Barboza, Paul Felder here, uh, co-main. Islam Makachev's on that card. Curtis Blades. Um, oh, my girl, Joanne Calderwood, but she's on the early prelims. Um, who's she fighting? Andrea Lee. Zach Cummins is on that card as well. I mean, oh, she's bad. fighting Andrea KTB Lee. That'll yeah, be a good man. fight, man. Two, uh, two kickboxers come on thrown down, hopefully. Um, I mean, that's... that's uh, you're right, though, uh, Matthew. It's... Um, it's not stacked, is it? Let's it's, be honest. It's, it's it's not stacked. It's it's good. Don't get me wrong. Edson Barbosa, Paul Felder will be a hell of a fight. Oh, and then and next, the following week is Cerrone and Gaethje. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, you'd think if they were putting so much um, emphasis on this Abu Dhabi card, why don't you put the Gaethje uh, Cerrone fight on this card? Yeah, I mean, Makes like sense. it's just it's it's a decent. There's some good fighters there, but it's not you know like a stacked main card of the year which is how they're kind of marketing it because it's the next uh pay-per-view in the uk to be on box office on bt sport oh is that the, the second one right i see it's the second one so well, it's you know what's the story with that because when i had brian lacy on the show and he, he does some work for bt he was telling me that there's only two pay-per-views um right. that they're doing in the uk but i i heard it was four did you hear the same it's gonna be four next year I but see. obviously They've only started doing it halfway through this year. So right, gonna right. Be... Well, that makes sense. Then. Oh, they're going to get y'all's money. Oh, mate. This uh, is yeah, what killed boxing over here, man. But I'm not paying any of it. I'm streaming all of it. I'll tell you right now, I'm pirating a lot That's of this. That's yeah, Hell yeah. It's, it's, you know, in America, like you guys are paying, what, $50, $60 feel sorry for the you guys, man. I... And over here, we roughly get a good deal. <clears throat> we pay sort of £20 a month and we get the, the fight. So for me personally, it's not really a massive deal if we're going to pay... 20 quid for one card and then four months that's later like, have to do it like it's 35 but see he's english yeah. though that's a big deal for him for us scots i'm not paying fucking 20 quid extra no chance okay i got alcohol on it you buy exactly man yeah, you've been sticking it to the man way longer than than, than uh that we have the UFC, so let's keep that going. <laughs> Guys, let's move on to Twitter because we've got a couple to get through before we wrap up. At Kingdoms1985, Chael Sonnen said that Perry versus Lukey was fight of the year. Guess he forgot about Gaslam versus Arasanya or Poirier versus Holloway. I saw the highlights of that fight, man, and I saw um, Perry's face after it. Jesus Christ, what a, looked like a good scrap. Don't know about fight of the year, but good scrap. Yeah, I hadn't even started thinking about fights of the year, man. Hell, I, I'm thinking I see fights of the year every month or so. <laughs> Not good, huh? Just join. You know, we'll look back later. We'll get to it in the in the end of the year show for sure. At H Dormigu, it's three thirty a.m. You get back from the pub, bringing a whole new definition to the phrase "shit faced." 
whack on some Johnny Cash, okay, research this Epstein bastard, and try fathoming waking up in four hours for the UFC. Life is weird, but good. That's not a question, but I'll put it in for you, mate. Thoughts? Congratulations. <laughs> That's fantastic. Maybe. Uh, not, yeah, no, you know, no, no. Nobody has to do any research on uh, Epstein anymore. <laughs> the rumor was he um, he hung himself with his Bill hands Clinton. tied behind his back. I don't know. That's the rumor. Bill Clinton or somebody just like him probably had him uh, killed. So one less one less. Pedophile. No, 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 no. Fuck. Didn't have him killed. Had him suicided. Exactly. Yeah. That's how rich people do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how the yes. super rich do it. They got, We're talking Abu, they got the Abu Dhabi paper making that stuff. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that salt <and> money. <laughs> Let's see what then at Lily Z Boy. Any truth to Connor versus Aldo at Lightweight in Madison Square Garden? I saw this going around. Seen the rumors for it, and you know what? That's probably where we've seen Connor's best work at that at that weight class. And can he make it again? That's the question. Um, you know, he's walking around pretty heavy, but that's where his best work has been. Um, you don't think he can make and- lightweight again? No, one fifty five. I was at 155. But that's what the guy ah, was saying. Okay. Uh, he's saying it's happening at lightweight. Oh, 100% then. Yeah, I think it'd be a good... Yeah, 45 so. Yeah, that'd be a good yeah. build-up to see. I'd really like to see it. And yeah. to be honest, they're, they're looking for that... They're basically looking to Connor for that MSG main event. I think so. So yeah. that kind of fight, it's either going to be that or Nate, that would really get me hooked at such pretty short notice, really. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. Yeah. I think I like that the idea of Aldo and McGregor as well, because I always, you know, I was just sort of wanted to redo, even though like, again, that's one of those fights. I still can't believe what happened in in the time that it did and the way it happened. Incredible. And that's what really set McGregor off. But at this point, just given where everybody's at, at, at this juncture, I don't hate that idea one bit. Aldo's doing good condition fairly as well at this, at this point. Oh Yeah. Yeah, but, but the, the, the but, loss to Volkanovski, I think Featherweight's done for him now, so that would be a yeah. good... Uh, but okay, on you go. And, and I'm on the opposite side of the fence, dude. I, I really... I, I'll watch it like everybody else, man, but I don't I don't want to or need to see this fight at this moment or, or ever. Man, there was a time and place for it, for this rematch, and it was at 145 pounds, and it was a long time ago. Aldo's not the same fighter at 155 pounds, and he's not the same fighter, period. Uh, he's he's older. He's past his prime, and uh, so is so is Conor McGregor. And it, it's a uh, this that's just one of those fights to me, man. And, and uh, I can't I can't get excited for it. The hype for it uh, surrounding it would not be anything close to because because Aldo is not that type of guy. He's he's the type of guy that's that's that uh will get. I mean, he'll get heated. He's, it, it, he's, he might be hot, you know. Connor gets under skin, he gets hot headed. But fuck, man, the guy—if he speaks English, he doesn't speak it well. I don't even remember him speaking English. You no, need like, Nate Dickinson like that. You, you need that for the promo. People are not getting up for Aldo versus McGregor. They'll get up for McGregor, but you need that other dance partner to really put an event yes. like this over the top and put those numbers north of where you, you know, <laughs> you, 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 they, they need that to do the number they want to do. They don't need Aldo for this. That's not. That's <clears> not happening. It's actually a very good point. And looking back, it's, it they were su- they were in such a unique position. What happened then? Aldo was on you know his was it ten year stretch. Connor was on this amazing uprise, and they were just they, the fight got taken away, didn't it? Cause that's how the Mendes fight came about. Yeah, yeah, and they right. were just in this such unique position where everybody was frothing at the mouth for it. 
would would you get the same buzz now probably not and it might it might make it worse the fact that the first one was such a hyped build up and this and one was a would be as... yeah and i think a... no, you know yeah, and I was just going to say, like, I don't really know what options are out there for McGregor like that really are going to get people excited just coming off of a loss. I mean, and not to say that won't, people won't be excited. I just think the excitement isn't going to be the same as what it was. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see the sort of pandemonium that we did on the come up of, with McGregor. I, I, I don't want to be too cynical about it, but I almost fear that like the, the days of McGregor, the best days of him and the hoopla surrounding it are behind us just because I don't know if that we can ever get back there just based on where everybody's at right now. So I sort of feel like the options available for McGregor to really, you know, draw a lot of excitement from the audiences, I don't know, are limited. So I guess maybe I'm just sort of reaching. I don't know. Even in the Khabib buildup, I hate to say it because I was a huge Conor fan at that point, but even in the Khabib buildup, you kind of thought, my God, Conor's really trying to force this, yeah, it wasn't the same, was it? No, it just wasn't no. the same. You can't keep it's that because, up forever. It's, it's cause he's not that guy, man. I mean, he's not that guy. Who he is, I mean, is well documented. And he has a lot of money right now. And and he's being and he's being smart with this best I can fucking tell. And so, you know, the the motivation, the motivation's gone. And the yeah. motivation not not only I think the motivation to 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 be that hype man, but uh the motivation to and the, and the will what it take what it takes to be a champion yeah i think his goals are just different they've changed like you know the hunger and the desire that he had to get to where he was when you get there he's done it already what left is what is there left for him to do what go and you know potentially maybe win another title he's already done that he's already been at the pinnacle of the sport he's already won two titles he's only a young man but i think his goals are just changing i think the way like, the whiskey business is a big thing god knows what else he's got in the works i just sort of feel like he's maybe a little bit beyond the fighting thing. Maybe not totally. I don't doubt that he still loves the train and still loves to compete, but the hunger and the desire I don't think will ever be the same for fighting. I the just wh- think the it's... The whiskey is doing unbelievably well. I think they sold... I not think bad too, company, man. I tried it recently. But I mean, it just tastes like Jameson's. Don't get me wrong, but it's just... It's yeah. Like you tried the, it? The, the, the company revenue, I think, hit $1 billion in America. and It's just incredible. Them. Good for them. I haven't tried it. I've heard mixed reviews... Uh, I do know that when it came out, uh, months after it came out, the uh, store by my house, I asked them about it. They said they they very, get a limited supply and it's it's gone damn near as soon as they can get it. So wow. I mean, people people want to have a bottle of it sitting around, just like we you know uh, we we passed a picture uh, back and forth in the in the little <laughs> message group. We have. You know, it's it's hey man, I got that proper twelve baby. You know, it's it's like me drinking uh, Tecati because Canelo's on the commercials. You know, it's it's uh, people, <laughs> yeah. people oh, like, I want it. I, oh yeah. I, 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 I've acquired it. Just at the start of this year, I acquired a taste for scotch, brand new to it. The whole scotch and whiskey thing. So I'm like obsessed with scotch now. I'm sure John, I would assume, not to be presumptuous. No, to be honest, mate, I, 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 I hate scotch whiskey, and this is coming from a scotch really? No, man, I, oh, I, I, can't, I can't do it. He sticks to jars of cider, brother. Yeah, oh, man, man. I'm, I'm drinking Glenlivet uh, right now. Baby. I mean, all of these are, I, I hear rave reviews, but I, I just can't do it. My old boy loves it. No, Kev, do you like, uh, you like a Jameson's? Yeah, oh yeah, I, I enjoy whiskey. Uh, you know, you kind of go through phases, I guess, when you're a kid. I went through a rum phase, a Jägermeister phase, and and uh, that whiskey phase is what kind of stays with you. Haven't got into scotch uh, yet, but you know, my my pops is into it. But yeah, I, I enjoy. Uh, I I definitely 
I enjoy, enjoy it a little too much, you know, so I, so I tend to stay away. <laughs> I hear you, man. Well, if you like a Jameson's, you like Proper 12. It's pretty much the same thing, mate. But we'll wrap up with the last three from Twitter. I'm at Michelle88E. Does anyone in the world pronounce Uruguay like Uncle Dana? Okay, so I haven't heard how he pronounces it, but um, I'm going to assume. I haven't either, but but you I've been having a little fun with I mean, I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm from a... I'm not from that far south Texas, but uh, you get to Mexico in three and a half hours if you drove fast. And uh, it's you know in Spanish it's pronounced Uruguay, right? But you, everybody says Uruguay. I, I don't know how he pronounced it, but uh, but I've been having a little fun with that this week. I like it when I can mix in a little bit of my uh, Spanish enunciation knowledge on, on shows. My my girlfriend's from Spain actually, and I was actually trying to. Uh, figure out how to pronounce it. I was doing the same thing. But yeah, I got that, I guess, like Canadian Newfoundland dialect on it. So I'm not sure, to be honest. I haven't heard Dana say it either. Is Dana from New York? You think he is. I mean, he's got to be with the way he, he looks. Boston. Frankie. I think, right? He came up in Boston. I've, all, I've always just seen him Boston. like it. He's a New York type of guy. Yeah. He's close, I guess. I know. I don't know. How do you... How do you no, he's all Trump. saying the same way as me? Uruguay? All right. Uruguay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There you go. No, uh, no Uruguay, Jesus. No, <laughs> yes, no Uruguay, Jesus. That's making the clip show. There you go. At Els for Elf, what was more brutal, Cowboy's Eye, Perry's Nose, or Leslie Smith's ear? Uh, what were the choices? <laughs> Sorry, I was sipping the bags. Um, Cowboy's Eye, so Cerrone's Eye when he blew his nose against the... Who was that fucking fight? I can't remember. The most recent one. Uh, Mike Perry's nose, obviously, from last night. Or Leslie Smith's ear. Remember that one in Brazil? Her ear just fucking exploded. That was was bad. The Leslie... The ear was really, really, really bad. The, like, uh, the orbital bone thing, I actually funny. I I was watching the Cowboy fight with my friends. It was against Ferguson. And when he was doing it, I was like, don't blow your nose. I looked like such a hero because I said it. They're like, what? Why? And then all of a sudden... (laughs) I remember Sorry, Eddie Alvarez just, doing the same thing, right? He was doing, yeah. um, I forget who he was fighting, but yeah, hi. Brittle man. I'm, I'm going Leslie Smith's ear. That was that was nasty. What does that's that look going. like today, by the way? I have to look that up now. Good question, mate. Yeah. Imagine that's I don't know. That, this this uh, reverse five, I mean, the, the crook that got put on this dude's nose last night, I would say out of those, man. All, to, all time, I'm always leaning towards that cut that was a. Uh, over Vitaly Klitschko's eye when Lennox Lewis t- pieced him up uh, and, and uh, Klitschko was ahead on the cards, man. Broke a George Foreman grill after that for the things that he was saying about the fight. <laughs> um, uh, oh, come on. What about uh, your man Cyborg skull, though? I mean, we talked about it earlier. That's got to be up there, right? Anderson's leg? Oh, that's got to be. Well, I think Cyborg's in, Cyborg's in a league of his own because of the x-ray picture, you know? Yeah, the x-ray picture made it, right? Yeah, that was brutal, oh, man. Dude. We had no idea until we saw that picture. I just how bad that thing was. It looked bad, yeah. I mean, I, so, I was laughing about it until I seen that picture. I didn't really yeah, want to laugh about it same. after that. That's that that crazy. <laughs> so, like Silva's leg was pretty damn horrific too, though. That was that was that's horrific. Goddamn. Okay, last one from Twitter, guys. Before we wrap up, uh, at Artem Gotov, is it right? Is it right move for Pettis to stay at welterweight with another win, or is size going to play a big factor versus another top tens in that division? I feel like uh, like the thing about like in professional kickboxing. I don't know if you guys are fans of pro kickboxing. That sort of I was really really hard in the Muay Thai kickboxing, pro kickboxing at one point. And like you'll see uh, size discrepancies in there a lot. They're a lot more accepted and it's a lot more common. 
uh, because I don't know, it's sort of up in the air. Some people will tell you that, you know, being the smaller fighters is the advantage. And, and, you know, you're when you're dealing with a bigger, heavier fighter, you're dealing with a slower, more predictable target. But the thing is, is that if you're just playing purely the striking game, you you feel you deal with the impact a lot more later on in the rounds when you're dealing with it. Uh, I think there's weight classes for a reason. Again, uh, Pettis isn't even a big 55er. Am I wrong in saying that? Is he just not? Is he not just sort of like well, he a did regular 45, size weight? So I can't imagine he's not right. I don't know. He struggles he's, to make 45, a, but he's a thin guy. And it, he's, yeah, he's, he's he's long and thin. Mm-hmm. I, I sort of feel like eh, I don't know. I get, it depends on how it goes. You know, if, again, until uh, while he's winning, until I, I mean, as long as he's winning, I'm sure he'll be there. But in terms of his long term future. I don't know. You run some of those guys. I've seen some of these guys. I'm sure you, maybe you guys have in, as well. But I've seen some like UFC welterweights and pro welterweights in person before up close. And it's unbelievable how big these people are, how big these individuals can be. And I just feel like his future long term, it can't be. When you run into some of these monsters that are right there, even Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, I saw him in 2012. I was like, holy shit, he's a lot bigger than what I expected. So it's kind of crazy to think that Pettis was able to do that to him. But in short, Nah, I, th- I think ultimately, one way or another, he resigns back to 55. Yeah. You know, I mentioned earlier in the show, the the correct uh, answer for Anthony Pettis is to move camps. I mean, he's, he's been up there too long, he's too comfortable in Milwaukee. I'm not sure what all them cats are into, man, but that's a different type of city. And uh, and, and he needs to get somewhere where uh, where he's focused all the time. Not, so you, not, so you reckon that uh, training camp is going south? And what, what, what makes you think that? Mate? So, yeah, I'm really intrigued by your words. Like I'm, I'm all ears. When you say it, I'm like, wow, it perks my ears up. It's interesting. It's I just know. a man. I mean, uh, you know, th- these dudes is uh, they run around, man. I mean, they're they're, they're eating too many cheese curds. They're <laughs> falling in with people. I mean, didn't uh, Pettis's house uh, get burnt up? And like, uh, I mean, who knows who these guys are hanging out with, man? I mean, there there there's a lot of uh, CM uh, Punk. Big, it's a big click that's going on up there, man. I mean, and you need a you watch these guys in boxing. Y'all know I'm a big fan of that. They move around for their training camps. You know, they they got a little home gym with with the great trainer, but they, they'll move around. You know, and a lot of them, especially when you get on the end of your career, the answer is not to stay with the same people doing the same thing. And and uh, we're seeing these guys fall off, dude. Interesting. You can definitely get too comfortable at one place if you stay forever and it just you won't i think the people at the camp will just tell pettis what he wants to hear yeah and get and get away from your family you know get away from the yes men that's okay you're anthony pettis nah man get back to work if you want to win and if you want to just go through the motions and and do the same thing and and get and that's that's the old saying man if you do the same thing you'll you'll get uh the same results on today's day and age and especially in the fight game if you do the same thing you will get less and and he's at that point. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear you. Yeah, you can get you can get stale, but like, look at someone like John Jones. Has he ever been with anyone that's not Jackson Michael John? John, from- John Jones, John, uh, John Boy, John Jones is a different beast, man. This this cat. That's true. The abilities he has is is above it. It's it's hard to compare him to anybody else. You know, it's it's, it's like a, comparing a Fortune five hundred company to uh to or you know it's like comparing a, a big conglomerate to to a smaller corporation. It's uh, it, you know, for him, John Jones is a type of fighter that knows what he has to do. Doesn't ha- doesn't need to be told. Just needs a, a place to develop those skills, man, and work with them. You know, uh, Anthony Pettis is a guy that needs needs to fucking trainer that's going to change his approach 
and, and make him more disciplined. But then if you make that jump, I mean, it is a gamble. Look at someone like Luke Rockhold, a different kind of setup there. Obviously, AKA, they go hard. He changed with, uh, who's that Who's that big Dutch boy always shouts, don't give up. Uh, he went with him, put on a blue sock and got knocked the fuck out. Um, things ain't looking too rosy for Rockhold. Retirement, Dana wants. So, I mean, I don't know. You're, he's in a point of his career, how old is Anathipetis? He's got to be somewhere around the 30 mark. If you make a move now, it could be do or die time. I don't know. Is it a gamble you want to take? That's the question you got to ask. Uh, well, I think I think you've took too long to taking it. And you know, talk, hell, talking about Rockhold, then the guy got a, a modeling career, and he's he's been a uh, <laughs> he, Rockhold's been like you know, it, to me, he's a, he's a typical like uh, Northern California dude, kind of full of himself, and uh, and uh, <laughs> he's got other things to lean back on, man. He's. He, but Pettis, Pettis, I mean, this is what he has. This is the only future he has is in fighting. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what his uh, you don't think that uh, we ease box commercials uh, paying the bills. No, Show, <laughs> Showtime kick was a long time ago, baby. Yeah, yeah, that money, that that money is long gone. He spent it on cheese curds and uh, Milwaukee's best. That same that same Wheaties box is where it all went wrong. Yeah, that was a curse, right? <laughs> the Modelo curse, forget it, man. But, yeah, exactly. Modelo versus Wheaties. What's the bigger curse? That should be the hashtag for this show, guys. There you have it. USC two forty one is this weekend. We can't wait to see some of these scraps. Thank you to everyone for your questions and comments. Uh, and let me at this time extend my thanks to the panel here this evening. Starting with Mr. Matthew Penny. Matthew, always a pleasure. Let everyone know all about Purely MMA and uh, what you've got coming up. And I thank you again for your time, sir. Such a good show, man. Kev, Dave, John, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Um, So you can catch me at Purely MMA on Twitter and purelymma.co.uk. I'm more of a social media guy, so get and follow that. Um, I like to chuck out discussion points, you know, throughout the week and love chatting to the community. So love to see you all get involved. Uh, Thanks again. And I'm looking forward to the next one already. Pleasure, my friend. A huge thank you to Dave Noseworthy. Dave, let all the people know uh, what it for you work. MMA fan sided, right? And MMA latest, obviously, I thank you for your time as well, my friend. No, man, uh, my pleasure. I thank, thank you once again for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure to get to chat with you guys. This is a lot of fun for me. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I do my weekly podcast, short, corner, short form video podcast once a week, every single week, like clockwork, work with MMA, MMA latest, can't talk here. And I'm also writing articles with uh, fan side of MMA uh, throughout the week as well. So just check me out on Twitter. Dave knows with you on Twitter. And like I said, look for those videos, look for those uh, pieces. And thanks again for having me. Appreciate it very much. Uh, hashtag Wheaties Curse. Anytime, <laughs> my friend. That's a good hashtag. And friendly, a massive thank you to Kevin Jones. Kev, always a pleasure. Thank you for helping a brother out tonight. Always fun having you on. Let our listeners know all about the main event and where to check you out, sir. I, I saved the day. I just want to remind everybody about that. Uh, no better way to spend a uh, summer afternoon in West Texas, man. I, I think this is the the summer the wind forgot to blow, but it's dry as shit. And there's, uh, it, it's it's not. I mean, it's not as hot as it has been, but I mean, goddamn, this is brutal, dude. And uh, and I hope we're at the end of it. Um, that no, man. You can always check me out on uh, double t ninety seven three dot com. And uh, you just click on the podcast page, go down to the main event. We are live Sunday mornings from 8 to 9 on uh, WT97.3 FM if you are in the West Texas area. And uh, also live on- online, man. So, yeah, get on there, download the app, WT97.3 app, check that out. Think about doing a little more writing for uh, 
for for MMAlatest.com if I can find some time too. So, uh, but yeah, keep keep up with me. Uh, keep up with me weekly basis. If I didn't say double t ninety seven three dot com too many times, I said it once more. So I'm out. <laughs> Pleasure. And if you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe. iTunes, all the platforms, man. iTunes, whatever you want. Just search for Martial Arts Chat. Um, we'll be on every Sunday at 30 p.m. talking MMA. Go to facebook.com forward slash Martial Arts Chat. Give us a wee like there. And you can follow us on Twitter at Martial Arts Chat. And I'm John Boy McElroy, and I'll catch you next time on The Roundtable. As he turned the corner, it hit him. A smell so sweet, orchestral masterpieces could be composed about it. But what could it be? He had to find out. So with his nose leading the way, he wandered towards the paradise. He turned a corner and stopped. What lay before him was the most beautiful sight he could ever have imagined. A new bakery. And to think, he'd never have come across it had he taken the car. Walk. Cycle. Discover. To the Mayor of London and TfL. Every journey matters. A Vauxhall test drive? There is absolutely no reason not to. With a free Amazon Alexa-enabled device when you take a test drive, whether you buy a car or not, you might just change your mind. Vauxhall, British brand since 1903. T's and C's and exclusions apply, subject to availability, participating retailers. Test drive must be completed by 9th of September and gift claim by 13th of September 2019. No purchase necessary. See vauxhall.co.uk slash test drive T's and C's. Search Vauxhall Test Drive.